Fawning is easily the most overlooked and most highly rewarded trauma response. Fawning is when we reflexively and automatically people please to the point of our own detriment, to the point of needing to recover from social interactions and usually try to avoid social interactions altogether because the fawning is so damn exhausting. On Thursday, March 21st, I'm going to be hosting a webinar that will go into this in detail. It's totally free. It's at 12 p.m. Eastern, and all of you who sign up will get a free replay. It's not going to be free once it's posted onto the website afterwards, so make sure to hop in now. Go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, or click on the link in the episode details and sign up for that webinar. Again, it's Thursday, March 21st at 12 p.m. Eastern. And in the meantime, scroll all the way back to 2020, episode two, and you can listen to my episode called Fawning, the Most Overlooked Trauma Response. It's going to teach you a lot in the meantime. See you there. Hello, this is Evan, the admin assistant and podcast producer here at Holistic Life Navigation. I wanted to let you know that Luis's next somatic drop-in will be on August 15th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. These hour-long events are free or pay what you wish, and they're a great way to experience Luis's work firsthand. All of Luis's somatic drop-ins are recorded, so if you register, you'll receive a replay right afterwards. We'll also be posting the replays as bonus podcast episodes and as videos on YouTube. You can register through the link below. So I learned very early that some people don't have capacity for my truth and I don't have capacity for what happens when they discover my truth. So that blended into a lot of places in my life. And I have, to this day, I'll feel when an honesty is coming up in me in that moment, an honest expression of how I feel or what I want or what I'm thinking or if I agree or disagree, there's this little part of me that wants to pull that back and reroute it and reformulate it to be the answer the other person wants. A lie. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. So on today's episode, I wanted to just speak a little bit about the somatics behind lying. And this is um, this can be really controversial because we're so... Hmm. We teach that lying is wrong. We teach that things are wrong. And even when we go into the idea of something being right or wrong, uh, how it should be, what I wish it was, what people should do, what they shouldn't do, there's still this reality in our lives of, okay, and what is you know, yes, we'd prefer not to lie. And we do. Yes, we'd prefer not to um, smoke cigarettes or overeat or spend money, spend too much money or snap at somebody or not get enough sleep. And it still happens. So I'm always curious about where is this coming from? Instead of saying the expression should go away, I rather learn to understand the expression so we can actually transform it through a sense of compassion for the self and the other if we have capacity for that. So I'm going to read something that I wrote. 
Uh, lying is what I do when I don't have the capacity for how you may respond to my truth. It's really this simple. When I lie, it's because I physically cannot handle what you'll say or think of me if you know my truth. My life used to be a lie. I was closeted bisexual. My best friend was my closet boyfriend. My girlfriend was also friends with him. My life was a mess. I was 16, and I didn't know how else to be in the world because I didn't have the capacity for my own truth. So when someone lies to me now, I don't see that as having anything to do with me. It's about their capacity. All it has to do with me is, how have I responded to their truth historically? If I've reacted or shamed them, how can I blame them for lying out of fear for my response? Either way, lying is a strategy to give us space between what we've done or believe and how someone will react. These practices I do took me from living a life that was a lie to noticing sensationally moments I'm lying out of fear. When this happens, I sit with the part that's scared, nurture it, and then I tell the truth. Life has gotten better and better for me because of this. So I'm going to unpack this a bit now with you all in this episode so we can understand what I mean by this and do a practice with me so you can even experience it. Because there's understanding, which I love, and understanding comes from the mind. At least that's how I experience it. Whereas experience, it happens in the body. It's a felt sense. It it moves through your bones and your blood. So I want to go from understanding to experiencing with you all in this short session. So let's start with understanding. When I say lying is a strategy, we want to understand when I talk strategy somatically, I'm talking about things that reflexively happen. Things that happen without a lot of thought. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't lie consciously. We lie consciously all the time. And it's still a strategy, and it still comes from the inability to experience physically in our bodies what might happen if our truth comes out. Now, all of you listening, we all have a different um, experience, a different lineage connected to truth-telling. So I first want to stop so we can just notice that together. What are our individual unique histories around truth-telling? How have people received our truth when we've been honest? How have we received the truth about us and how we feel and things that emerge from our body? What does truth even mean? I don't really believe in the term true self. What I believe in is that truth is based on where I am now and what I'm feeling now, and it might change. This is why I'm not a political person. And when I try to speak about politics, I always fail because I have no idea what I'm talking about (laughs) because I don't believe in the binaries that come with political discussions or policies or ideas. I believe in nuance and I believe in individual experience. I don't believe in group identity. And every law and policy that we bring up in this land is about group identity. These groups should do this. These groups shouldn't do this. For me, It's individual by individual basis because we're all very, very different. So let's come back to this idea of not having a truth, not in terms of uh, not having a true self. My self is always changing. So moment by moment, I learn how I feel about something now and my capacity for it now. And that could change in a couple minutes, a couple years, a couple decades. So truth for me, truth telling actually comes from listening first. It's not from making up a concept. 
It's from going into my own body and listening what there, what is there, what is present, what is responding to something externally or internally, what are my needs, what are my desires. All of that inside of me is part of my truth in that moment. I can only express my truth first from how well I can even listen and hear it myself. Now, I know from being closeted bisexual that it is really hard to listen to your own truth when that particular truth might be dangerous for people to know. Where I grew up in the world, it was in central Pennsylvania, closer to the southern edge uh, in the late 80s and 90s. It was not fashionable or um, safe to be anything but straight. So if you presented gay, if you were gay, it, was, it could be very dangerous for you. You could get beat up or worse, and people did, unfortunately. I was one of them. Um, I, I wouldn't say I got beat up, but I had other um, brutal experiences at the hands of uh, men who just did not like my femininity or my queerness. So I learned very early that some people don't have capacity for my truth, and I don't have capacity for what happens when they discover my truth. So that blended into a lot of places in my life. And I have, to this day, I'll feel when an honesty is coming up in me in that moment, an honest expression of how I feel or what I want or what I'm thinking or if I agree or disagree, there's this little part of me that wants to pull that back and reroute it and reformulate it to be the answer the other person wants. A lie. And this, this is not unrelated to fawning. This is a way we can people please. We can lie to people all the time by giving them what they want to hear instead of what's honest for us. And in that lying or even in the withholding of our truth, we you know, survive to see another day, sometimes physically, other times socially or emotionally. Financially, if it involves your workplace, there's a lot of reasons. So I'm trying to kind of destigmatize the quote liar and even decharacterize the liar. I don't think people are what they do. I think there's us and there's what we do and they're separate. And sometimes what we do is so chronic, it can seem like all of us. For example, the narcissist is one of the most chronic liars. So we can see a narcissist as a liar. We can even see a human as a narcissist. I don't use those words in my personal practice and the work I do with people, except for in this case to kind of have an example. Because whatever label we give someone, it's based on a chronic behavior of theirs. And somatically speaking, every chronic behavior is a way the body manages stress. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be friendly. We don't have to like it. But the reality is it comes from the body to manage stress. And for some bodies, that strategy takes over and it becomes how they relate. It becomes their personality and it seems like who they are. So... Going back to lying, if we don't have the capacity to take in our own truth, how are we going to deliver the truth to somebody else? So it starts with our capacity to feel our truth. That's the first part. Once we have capacity for our own truth, we then have to develop capacity for how someone responds to our truth. And that really comes from the understanding first and then the experiencing of how much safety I put in other people's hands, how much of my own power, sense of self, validation, value, do I assign to how someone else sees me or if they agree with me or they follow me or not? That's an important question. And it's a somatic experience. Because if I'm orienting toward your agreement with my truth, so I can feel okay about my truth, I'm giving you 
all the keys to my freedom. And in the same sentence as I say that, there are times when obviously I don't want to give you those keys because you might hurt me. So there are situations where it's really smart to lie. And just like with fawning, there are situations where we lie because we're afraid of what our truth will bring, but it won't be our death and it won't threaten our lives. It will just be really uncomfortable. And we know somatically on discomfort, stress in the body can feel like death, can feel like impending threat. So learning the difference between those is, is pretty helpful and important. And I'll give you a quick practice right now just for that. To tell the difference between actual and perceived threat, you notice where am I constricting in my body? And visually, is that constriction congruent or incongruent with my current reality? Not what's going to happen in an hour, not what happened an hour ago, but right now. You can all do this with me. Let's actually do this little practice together. Let's think of a situation where we are lying to somebody right now or where we have lied. So think of the person, think of the lie. The first thing I want you to notice is where do you feel that pressure in your body? First, just take your time to ease into that. If it's hard to feel, if you feel numb or it feels overwhelming, grab a pillow and just put the pillow over your chest and belly. Give it a little pressure. Let your head rest on a wall or on a headrest behind you or a couch or a bed. And just be held for a moment so you can feel in and you can see what's happening inside of me. Sometimes we need to hold our body and some support to get there. And we're just noticing what part of me is constricted. Where do I have pain? Where do I have pressure? Where do I have discomfort? In response to lying. So I'm seeing in my mind's eye a time I lied. Could be today, could be 10 years ago. Where in my body am I holding the lie? And this is the somatics of lying. There is a constriction that presses against your truth to keep it from coming out. And you have to live with that. That's why lying also hurts the person doing it. It's physically painful. So let's just feel into that first. Now, as we're feeling into it, this is where some of the curiosity and the compassion can emerge. Keep your hand on the place that's holding this lie that has that pressure and stress. If it's five places, just pick one. Just pick one place. Now notice, it could be the same place or it could be another one. Where do you feel the fear of what will happen with your truth? So if you weren't lying to this person or this situation and you told the truth, where do you feel a part of you light up in fear? A part that's afraid of what they're going to do with this. Of how this truth might completely, for some of us, the truth will change our lives. If our lives are a lie, that's a lot to hold. So notice the part that's overwhelmed and scared and just plain terrorized about what, terrified about what will happen if you tell the truth. Put your hand there. Maybe the same place already. It might be a different one, but put your hand there. And let's start by just giving that place some support with self-touch, with breath. And the coolest thing, say out loud, you're really afraid that if you tell this truth, blank will happen and you fill in the blank. So what will happen in your mind if you tell the truth? Say to this place that's scared inside of you, if I tell the truth, you're afraid this will happen. And when you say that out loud to this place, notice what it does. I'll pause for a minute. Hmm. 
So all we're doing here is we're identifying how it feels to hold the lie, how that hurts us and where that lives. And we're getting in touch with the origin of why we lied in the first place, because there's a fear in us that is oriented toward expecting this horrible thing is going to occur when my truth comes out to this person or this audience or this situation. And we're not doing this to stop lying. That will happen naturally. We're doing this to get in touch with the roots of it. When you can feel how a lie feels, you won't be able to do it as reflexively and you won't be able to do it as unconsciously. You'll feel that feeling in your body before you lie. And that will be your signal, I'm about to lie. And from doing this practice, it will also be your signal, and I'm about to lie because there's a place inside of me that it doesn't have capacity for the truth right now. So we begin by, one, noticing these sensations so we can understand where they live in us and why we're doing what we're doing. So that's part one. Then part two, we become the witness for the truth first. We sit with what our truth is and what we fear about that truth first. And we have to let that metabolize in our bodies. If you speak a truth that you're not ready to hear yet, you're not going to be, or I should say, if there's a truth inside of you that you're not ready to hear yet, that you're unable to be with, imagine how the rest of the world might be. Now, sometimes, sometimes we're unable to be with our truth. And when we express it, other people's ability to be with our truth helps us as well. That can be amazing. That's why therapy is so excellent. It's a safe space or a really good friend or a really good circle. It's a safe space where you can say anything and people are there to hold it with you. So you can practice truth telling in these places. But if your truth is going to disrupt your life and change things, your body and you have every right to be afraid of that. So we don't want to shame ourselves for lying. We want to understand the roots of it, feel into it and experience where the lie lives and what the lie is afraid of, right? What the lie is protecting, what the lie is serving. And as you do that inner work with yourself, you will eventually find yourself not lying nearly as much, if at all. And when you do, you will go back and repair that with the person. Hey, I lied because I was really afraid, dot, dot, dot. And in my experience, which is amazing, almost every time when I lie and I go back to per the person and I said, I have to tell you something, I lied. I lied because I was really afraid I was going to hurt you and I just wasn't able to handle that. I'm sorry. Um, this is how I'm feeling so much shifts, so much tenderness emerges, so much compassion comes from the other person. And when it doesn't, because it's happened to me enough times where it hasn't as well, I respect it. The person doesn't trust me now. They're allowed to not trust me. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I should walk around with shame. I lied because I was scared. And if I can't create space in my life for my own fear or other people's fear, uh, I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> my, my personal practice in this lifetime is to try to be curious and relate to as much as I can. As long as it's not directly harming me, I want to relate to things as much as I can. So I want to make love and make peace with the liar inside of me. So when you lie to me, I understand where it's coming from and I can offer you some safety because a lying body is a scared body. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it. Be with it. And let whatever wants to come up, come up. 
because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time. Okay, everyone, it is course time. Two times a year, I teach a live virtual seven-week course, and the time is coming. The first one is happening in April. It begins on April 8th, and registration is now open. So please go to the link in the episode details or visit holisticlifenavigation.com and click the course. All the information is there. I will teach you over the course of seven weeks how to feel your trauma response. You can learn how to interrupt it, how to nourish your body with very specific foods so you don't keep creating a trauma response just from what you're eating, how to relate to your body differently. So you're not seeing it as this wrong, bad thing, but this beautiful creature that's just trying to protect you. And of course, doing this with a virtual global community reminds you how normal all this is, that you don't have to be alone and we can learn together. Again, holisticlifenavigation.com, click the course, and we begin April 8th.